text the show anytime on the SENSA text line 0427 154 166. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, good morning to you. Welcome along to your Saturdays. A beautiful 27 degrees for Adelaide and a nice, something around 30 degrees tomorrow. So nice day to get after the fringe, I reckon. As I say, good morning to my special friend, part-time lover, Bryce Gibbs. How are you? Good morning, Tommy Lyon. Did you say the fringe? Yeah. Has that started already? It started just the other wow. night. I'm a bit behind the times. It's the best, uh, and I don't just say this, it's the best time of the year, obviously, in Adelaide. It's just so colourful, cultural. Do you ever get down to the garden, Bryce? I have in the past, yes. So yeah. I do enjoy this time of year, Tommy. Yeah. Hopefully the weather can stay nice and good like it is. Uh, and have you, you've got a bit of a musician background. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit arty, Tommy. Um, yeah. Have you performed at the, the Fringe over the years? Well, as a matter of fact, I've had, I've had a couple of shows, a couple of go. sellout shows. There you One go. of them, no doubt. Oh, actually, I'll tell you, Bryce. I was in Vietnam, and I had to fly back to Adelaide overnight to get to Adelaide to perform my fringe show the very next day. And I can't sleep on planes. I just cannot fall asleep for whatever reason. So, the doctor over there gave me. Uh, one of those ambient sleeping pills so I could sleep on the plane, but my stupid old brain still resisted sleep. So yeah, so I was uh, hopping up and down the plane and people were talking to me. It sounded like, (laughs) (laughs) and I write, this is how I know I can do anything because I arrived in Adelaide uh, on that no sleep, still performed the show, but gee whiz, I was uh, a little bit out of it. That's okay. That's, uh, I mean, half the acts sometimes at the fringe looks like the performers are half out of it. So that's, yeah. that's just the way it goes. It's a prerequisite, I think. Anyway, whenever I think life's hard, I always think, well, at least I did that. And that was, uh, that was some resilience, I thought. But we've got a massive show today. It's been a huge uh, 24 hours in sport. The second test is well underway with India and Australia. And it was an exciting first day. Australia came in with a, a different plan. While they weren't great, they seemed a bit more assured with the bat. Bryce and Uzi Kawaja, Peter Hanscombe did us proud. But uh, I blame the selectors for Travis Head's score. They, they interrupted his momentum. <laughs> and that's what happens when you do that. Yeah, I mean, they got off to a better start than they did in yeah. the first test. It was nice to not see him two for two or whatever it was uh, in the first test. But, uh, yeah, showed a bit more resilience. And, and lucky Uzi made yeah. a, a good knock, 80-odd, uh, I think he made. Um, a little bit concerned about David Warner, though. Yes. He, he failed with the bat again. He, he looked like he was just defending, trying to defend and stay at the crease, which... If you talk about David Warner, that's not, not I don't like reckon, him. his natural game. He's hes better off attacking yeah. uh, and getting runs on the board. I understand the, the wickets are a little bit different over there. And maybe he's starting to feel the pressure a little bit. No Come, doubt. Going back into his shell, trying to just defend, spending time at the crease to, to try and build that form back up. But, um, yeah, he, he's obviously far with the bat again. And uh, maybe another innings, poor performance. Yeah. It's gonna, the pressure's going to come right on old, old Davey Warner. Absolutely. They were giving him a, a bit of chin music. He, he faced a tough spell there. And uh, he was he's definitely hurt and he might have a concussion. Um, how, you know, he's out of form. His footwork is so slow right now. I feel like he's absolutely cooked. And I reckon they should give him a, the goodbye match. And, and just because imagine this, Bryce. Imagine we play, say, Travis Head 
as an opener because he's sort of a similar style. And you keep Peter Hanscom, Cameron Green comes back into the middle order. That's probably going to uh, get us more runs than what Warner's doing right now. Yeah, that, they're certainly going to have a few few decisions to make around that. Uh, and, you know, we've got the talent to, to replace him. There's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, they've, he's still got another another couple of tests to, mm. to try and get back into form, whether they'll allow him to do that. We will soon find out. But um, I'm just not sure whether they've we've made enough runs in in this first innings again, Tommy. I think yeah. I think they said, uh, listening to Jared Waitley, the great Jared Waitley, he said about 250 was a... Par? A, oh, about maybe to get your foot in the door. To okay, be a competitive yeah. Score. So we've scored 260-odd. Maybe it's a little bit unders. Um, yeah. they've, they've started 20 for none. Um, and we know a couple of their batters uh, are in good form at the moment as well. So maybe it's slightly unders, but uh, yeah. certainly a lot better score than we, we dished up. Well, that uh, pitch is going to um, deteriorate and become a lot harder as the, as the game goes on. Uh, after the game yesterday, just on Warner, you know, we don't know if he's going to make it to the Ashes. Uzi definitely has uh, put his spot up for the Ashes. Warner... A lot of conjecture. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the grandfather of cricket, uh, Alan Border, and Brendan Julian, Brett Lee were discussing Warner's prospects last night. I think he's in a little bit of trouble, David Warner. I just think second innings, is he under a little bit of pressure here in this Indian set? I know he's come out and said, look, looking forward to England and looking forward to the World Cup, but mm. that is a long way away. Yeah, and, and you've still got to produce, even though you've you know, built up an, a lot of... Uh, Coupons, hasn't he, with the performances in the past? Yeah, if you walk out there in the second innings and get rock and rolled and we lose a test match, now all of a sudden the selectors start thinking, well, we might have to start planning for the future a bit more. Yeah. And given that his last tour of England was a horror. Yeah. He does need runs, definitely. Um, as I mentioned before, one, ten in the, the first test and then 15 this test. So he definitely needs a bucket of runs. Bryce, I'm not sure if you've ever had a form slump, but how do you handle that how do you come out of a, a form slump when it looks uh well how should warner handle it uh, look i'm not sure if it's different to cricket you, mm. you compare afl to cricket and but th there's no easy way it's not like you can just uh you know rub a special bit of ointment on your body or you Ooh. you know have a special drink that can just snap you out of a, <laughs> out of a form something the only way to do it is to go back to the basics mm. and train hard uh, so from a footy perspective, it's, you know, getting your week right, you know, being diligent with, with doing your extras, doing yeah. your recovery spot on. Um, all those little things do add up uh, and come out in game day. So um, those times when you are in a form slump, you, you sort of look at your week, you look at your preparation, you, you put a bit of a plan in place and you just go and try and nail the simple things as, as best you can. And eventually, if you do that more often than not, you will find your you do come out of it. So yeah. in, in a cricket terms, whether that's, and no, no doubt he'd be doing this anyway, spending more time in the nets, watching vision, watching his footwork, whatever it may be, there's actually no easy fix rather than to go and do more work. Yeah, geez. So, and I've had a few ointments over the journey. So you're, t you're telling me <laughs> yeah. that uh, rubbing ointment all over myself um, yeah. is not going to get you out of form. No, nah, there's no magical fairy dust or whatever you want to uh, <sighs> want to 
call it, but um, <laughs> it's just yeah, going back to the grind and and working yeah. working out of it. That's yeah. the, that's the only way to do it. Gibber, the Crows and Port Adelaide had their internal trials yesterday and lots of talking points, lots of takeaways come out of it. So we're going to cover uh, what I took out of the Crows one and uh, Daniel Norton's going to join us and you and him are going to give us what you've taken out of Port Adelaide's trial game because there are a lot of talking points. There certainly is. And isn't it great to have footy back, oh, Tommy, in some capacity? Honestly. Albeit internal trials and, and we know uh, both teams or I mean you're playing against your mates too so everyone yeah. knows what everyone's doing in terms of game plans and everyone's strengths and weaknesses and they, they tend to be pretty scrappy yeah. those, those internal trials so uh, I think both games while reports were that um, they're mm. obviously doing a few different scenarios changing the scores at different yeah, times yeah. Um, some guys were changing teams during during the match so it, it it's not quite your, your traditional um practice match yeah. uh, that'll come in the next couple of weeks when they start playing against some opposition but it is good to have some footy back and by all reports there were some good numbers in terms of crowds and supporters oh, yeah. and members getting down to, to the first prop, proper opportunity to watch their their sides play uh, no doubt a lot would have been focusing on the new recruits um, yeah some guys coming back from injury what some of the positional changes players might have done over the summer so Certainly a lot to talk about. I'm looking forward to uh, deep diving into both sides, Tommy. Absolutely. Crows is, is up next, and uh, I was rock solid through that whole game. There were so many exciting aspects to it, particularly the young guys. Uh, just one, Zach Taylor. Gee, I reckon he's going to be a, a midfielder of the future for Adelaide. He, but there was one play where he pushed off about three different guys, really agile, danced around them. He was fantastic. And apparently the Hornet, your friend Bryce, was uh, – Quite good in the midfield for Port Adelaide. Uh, we're also going to cover obviously everything in the sporting world overnight with our sports wrap. And Bryce, I've come up with it. Now we did the Crows uh, pre-season song. I've come up with one uh, centred around Port Adelaide and nice. the expectations nice, nice. placed on Ken Hinckley. Just a quick one. Do you think Ken Hinckley will get a contract this year? Well, it's going to be how they go, essentially, isn't it? How they perform. Yeah. And it'll come down to wins and losses. So you're sitting on the fence? Uh, <laughs> I want to see how they start. I reckon yeah, yeah. I reckon their port season will be defined by their first five games, like it was yeah, yeah. in 2022, and they have an extremely tough start. So if it's, if it's off to a slow start again, I think he's in big trouble. But if yeah. they can you know, manage to be three and two or four and one, well... That might be trending in the right direction for Kenny. Yeah. One of the rare, rare teams where they could be a top two or completely go bust. Bryce, I was listening to you during uh, the summer breakfast with Jared Walsh, of course, and you did a little thing with names, playing around with um, athletes' names and themes. And I had a look during the week, and I've come across a bunch of athletes, particularly footy players, whose names are also foods. So we want you to play along 0427 154 166. If you, if you have any athletes who come up as foods for you, so I'm talking Zach Butters. Yes, Tommy. A bit of word association. Yes. I like this. Yes. I like this. I Sam like where you're going with Berry. this. Sam Berry. Sam Pepper. 
Any from you, Bryce? Oh, I've got plenty. You okay. know, I, I love this segment. I love when we okay. get involved. Um, oh, Josh, honey. Yeah, there, yeah, from uh, Carlton. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's good. Uh, I've got a couple from uh, the NBA, actually. Well, yeah. Uh, Steph Curry. Oh, of course. Most most yeah, obvious yeah. one. Uh, Spud Webb. Spud Webb. Old uh, Atlanta yeah. Hawk. Um Basketball, oh, mate, and I'm yeah. just getting started. I mean, this I thing, this, stuff. this does itself, doesn't it? Uh, let us know. <laughs> we're doing the, we're talking about the important topics <laughs> on uh, Saturday's in SA. We're covering the really hard hitting issues. Uh, players whose names are also foods. Let us know on 0427 154 166. Up next, Bryce, we're going to take a deep dive into the Crows' internal trial. So many exciting talking points to come out of that one. We'll be with you very soon after the break. Text the show anytime on the SENSA text line 0427 154 166. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, good morning to you here on Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. We're at SEN's Studio Lumo right in the heart of the city on number one King William Street. Uh, good morning to you all. Now, we've got a big show coming up, obviously the first or second test uh, in Delhi at the moment, our Aussies uh, 260 with the bat uh, and the Indians have just started their first innings. So uh, plenty to, to discuss there. The Crows and Port have just had internal trial matches last night uh, at Richmond Oval and Alberton respectively. So we're going to deep dive into those two games and we're going to do that right now. So right Tommy, now. you uh, are going to cover some of the Crows' points. Uh, you were going to head down there uh, yeah. <laughs> at one stage, but then uh, decided to do a U-bolt because you found out that uh, it was uh, streamed stream. live on uh, on the internet. So yeah. you uh, you watched it online. Yeah, and I thought it would be better because you, you have the um – you know, cameras close up and I can sit in the comfort of my own dressing gown and, you know, eat something and save me the, the half-hour drive as well. But, yeah, I, I did um, watch it and it was a fascinating watch. They obviously had the uh, probables versus the possibles. So they played that, did they? They played a, yeah. a stronger outfit versus a... I'm not going to say weaker outfit, but say an AFL side via Sanford side. Pretty much. But then as the game wore on, they swapped and changed. And, you know, you can't, you couldn't, by the end, you couldn't tell who started where. And it was a lot of game scenarios as well. So about halfway through the second or near the end of the second quarter, they had five minutes to go. They changed the scores so that the probables were down by about nine points. And they had to play sort of Formula One footy to try and, get that uh, couple of goals and win. So there was a lot of playing around, but I've got a couple of takeaways. I'll start with a game style change that I noticed that uh, there was a definite effort with the ball movement to use sort of angular and short passes going inside 50. So last year, obviously the that kick inside 50 was a real issue for Adelaide and we can definitely, I could definitely see a concerted effort there. And um, someone who was quite good at it was Luke Pedler. Okay, so he there's been a lot of talk about Luke Pedler yeah. over this preseason. Obviously, he's had some some injury issues over the last couple of years. Obviously, extremely talented mm. uh, first round pick, uh, and they'd been talking him up a lot. But playing as that half forward uh, hasn't quite broken it into the midfield. Still could be yep. in the midfield and and pinch it in there, but has aimed to cement a spot as a that half forward. So he was playing that role. 
yesterday. Exactly. So he's playing the half forward role and gee, he had a great kick. Like his left foot was awesome. He kicked a couple of goals, I think as well. And I reckon he's going to be a feature this year. He just looked comfortable because it's hard to come in and play the half forward role, particularly if you are a mid. Looks like he's got it down pat and then he's going to work his way towards the midfield as he goes along. And the other game style change I noticed, um, last year Adelaide would use their half forwards like Ned McHenry and, and Lockie Murphy would come really high up the field and kind of help out at stoppages and not really be, and I, I think that's due to their skills as McHenry's not really a, a forward pocket who can crumb the ball as well. Um, so it was out of necessity, but uh, this time both sides kept their half forwards quite deep rather than running up to the stoppage. So okay. what does that even mean? So that's, that means, I mean, if you're going to play an extra at the stoppage, yeah. uh, usually if it's up the ground a bit, usually your defender just drops off and plays yeah. with a, an extra defender. So you've got five forwards on six defenders, but you'll yeah. have an extra at the stoppage. So if you win the stoppage, if you can't chain out and use that number to then take ground, if you just get it, you might win the stoppage, but and you might just boot Tom it Stewart. and then you, you kick it straight to the spare. So maybe they're playing around with with that and yeah. thinking about that, thinking that maybe that spare that they played against over the last year or two might have been hurting them on rebound too much. Mm. So as I said, sometimes the stats can lie to you a bit saying, oh, geez, we're actually winning stoppage here. We're going well, but how effective are those stoppages? Are we just winning them and kicking it back to the opposition and they're just slingshotting and generating Ford 50 entries right. off the back of that. So maybe they're just playing around with that a little bit. Yeah, that that was interesting to see that. And now, so the kids, this is what was very exciting about yesterday. So just a few of the young ones. Zach Taylor showed some incredible evasiveness. I reckon in the next couple of years, he's going to bob up as a midfielder. He bounced off three tacklers and burst away. So what side was he playing in? He was playing in the possibles. Possibles. Yeah. Okay. And uh, position? Mid, forward mid, yep. I reckon. He was floating forward, but genuine. Yep. Uh, he was starting in the middle as well. Uh, he was really good. Obviously, I mentioned Pedler. He was fantastic. Now, the ones where fans, the obvious ones where fans would notice is that Rochelle and Rankin were just rolled gold, smooth, everything that you would hope for from them. And they started in the midfield a lot. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of rumours mm. and um, expectations that one of those guys gets through the midfield and them swapping potentially, or one of those guys in the midfield at any given time. So uh, is that how it played out? Was it was it sort of not both of them were in there at the same time? Correct. Did one of them spend time at, in the mids, one half forward, or were they just swapping? Were they in there at all together? Uh, how did that sort of dynamic look? They seemed constantly rotating. So yep. a, a lot of the centre square bounces either had Rankin or either had Rochelle. Yep. And and a lot of times one of them would get the clearance and Rankin had a really nice clearance out of the middle where he burst away really smooth, played that coming roll. Uh, not the coming roll, the crumbing roll. <laughs> Depends who you speak <laughs> Depends, to. Depends, well, yeah, a few rumours going around, <laughs> but... Uh, Oh, <laughs> uh, golly. He uh, certainly played that role very well. I think you're just getting excited. Yeah, uh, yeah. About, I think uh, I was... He's, um, he's kicked five goals. Uh, yeah. You're, you're just a bit... Um, ha I'm just happy a Crows fan. hot mess right here <laughs> watching Rankin play that coming role. Um, <laughs> he kicked five goals. He was incredible. I've got to ask you, how do they... Uh, when you're a, a team and, and asked to do that role, how do they 
know when to do that, like go into the middle? Do they say to them, all right, at the beginning of every quarter, you're going to start in the middle, then roll forwards, or they communicate it on the field? How, how does it work? Yeah, it's, it's something that they would have trained and mm-hmm. you need to have some sort of idea of, of how it works and when it works. But yeah, usually it, it's up to the players as well. Um, sometimes there might be a, a set time limit, roughly, that you, you might go for the first six minutes and then look to swap forward. But, um, you know, there might be times where you have in the first two to three minutes, you might have four or five or six multiple efforts that mm. you just gassed and then you just head down and swap within two or three minutes. So it can change depending on scenarios. But yeah, it'd be a pre-planned thing. Going into the game, you would know roughly this is how long I'm going to spend as a mid. Then if there's a Ford 50 stoppage, we can just do a quick change. And if it's Rankin starting in there, he'd come forward. Rochelle, he'd just uh, fold into the midfield. Uh, and do his thing. Interesting. So that's uh, highly exciting. The Rankin Rochelle, they're going to be great. Saligo was nice and clean, nothing um, out of the box, but you know, it's the beginning of the year. Another one, uh, Schoenberg in the third quarter, he was basically the best on in the third quarter. His burst away was awesome. And um, his body looked a little bit harder. Maybe he's eaten a few less cheeseburgers over the summer. (laughs) He was... Looking fit, so he looks like he's got to put put a bit of size on, a bit more s- yeah, strength, more more just a hardness, like yep. just like more muscular, yeah, and um and strong. Well, he hasn't, he's never been one to shy away from the contest. Is uh, Harry Schomburg, yeah. so um he's never taken a backward step. So that's uh, encouraging to see that uh, he looks a bit fitter, looks a bit stronger. Yeah, uh, and if he's ripped that third quarter apart, that's uh, that's a good sign for him. Absolutely. He, he's my smoky for one day of Brownlow, I reckon, for Adelaide. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Call. Dream big. He's got a little – he thinks laterally, you know, like some players might try to take the ball at certain stages. He'll tap it to uh, to an angle or he, I th- he thinks sort of out of the box with some stuff. But, of course, with some of those youngsters that shined, the one I really worry about is Ned McHenry, where he's going to end up with all those top small forwards – you know, going in there. I'll ask you, Price, do you see Ned McHenry thriving this year? And secondly, do you see him even on Adelaide's list in the next couple of years? Just for the listeners, uh, was he in the probables or possibles? Possibles. Possibles. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be we, – we knew once Rankin come on board, obviously Rochelle's year last year, Sloan coming back into the mix, where does he play? That that sort of half-forward, small-crumbing position would be a tough spot to break yeah. into. And, and Ned Ned certainly plays or has played that role in the last couple of years. It, it can be that high half-forward role, and Luke Peddler's the other one that's, yeah. that's shown that he, he can play there as well. So it, it it is an extremely hard position to play, that, that high half-forward role, and you need to be extremely fit. So that is an advantage that Ned has. He... He'd be in the top three or four, if not top two, um, 2K time trials. He's extremely fit and you need to be, you need to have that base to be able to run up Mm. and down. Um, Probably his skills probably aren't as polished as your your Rankins and your, and your Rochelle's Mm. and you you said Luke Pedler kicks the ball really well. So, I mean, that's going to probably be something he's going to have to work against them um, with, but um, he gives unbelievable effort. He's hard, yeah. he's tenacious. So 
it's going to be hard for him, I think, to, to keep his spot in the side at the moment. Not to saying that, that he won't be able to do that going forward, but uh, I think if you put their best 22 on paper, mm. I think he's probably squeezed out. out at the moment. One thing he's got going for him is he is the coach's pet. Matthew Nix loves him for his effort. And maybe he's got to find – you know, he was recruited more as a mid. Maybe he's got to find a role on the wing or somewhere just – giving those little distributions going into the Ford 50. Another one who looked good, Sloan, looks healthy. He was running from behind, so it looks like he's going to find a spot in the half-back line. And uh, Matty Crouch, the jury is still out. He had some of his power back in his legs, but it seemed like he was just moving the ball sort of backwards, sideways a bit. Possible probables was Matty in? He was in both. Okay. Oh, don't know where he's going to land, but okay. he, it, yes, jury's still out. He kind of he looked fit though, moving well, pushing through stoppage, but his ball movement still wasn't quite there for me. Uh, let us know if you caught any of the trial, what your thoughts were on oh four two seven one five four one double six. We've got to get a uh, to a news break, Bryce, and we're going to come back next with Port's internal trial. Yourself and Daniel Norton from Port Adelaide are going to run us through it. You're listening to Saturdays in SA with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs. Studio Lumo, your number one King William Street, powered by Lumo SA. Uh, Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you. We were just discussing the Crows' uh, internal trial, and we're going to move on to um, Port Adelaide's internal trial in just a sec with Port's uh, publicity guru, Daniel Norton. But a few texts coming through. So we were talking about players who uh, have food <laughs> as their names. So Sam Berry. Obviously, uh, who Zach, did you Zach have? Zach Butters we had. Yeah. We had Josh Honey. Uh, a couple have come on the text line too, which is yeah. fantastic. Obviously, uh, Steph Curry. Um, yeah. We've had uh, someone's off the text line said, can we use celebrities? Absolutely. Absolutely we can. Uh, Kevin Bacon they've thrown out. Yeah. Halle Berry. Oh. John Candy. A couple of great uh, nominations there. So get involved. 0427 154 uh, I've got a couple more specials for you, but uh, okay. we don't have time for that because we're going to deep dive into Port Adelaide's trial game, Tommy. Absolutely. On the line right now, we have Daniel Norton, who called the internal trial yesterday. So he was really up close and personal with it. Daniel, we got you there. What are you up to? Uh, good morning, fellas. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Bryce. Uh, nice to be with you. Publicity guru, as you called me. I, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a stab in the dark there. Daniel, how, how did you find good, the... The trial there yesterday. Oh, look, to be honest, um, and, you know, to your point, I, I did call it with SEN's own Gerald Walsh. It was uh, it was an interesting game to call for, for the club website. Pretty scrappy, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people have seen Chad Corns' uh, comments this morning uh, in the press. It was, it was scrappy. It was messy at times. Pretty low scoring. It, look, internal trials, Bryce, you would have played a number of those in your time. They are tricky games to play when you know what the opposition is doing. So um, a scrappy game, low scoring, but, you know, some positives to come out of it as well. Yeah, you're spot on there, Norts. I used to hate playing in internal trials. Absolutely hated them. But uh, you have to do them to get that uh, that match fitness up. So let's just uh, get a word on a couple of the new recruits. Obviously, the, the Port faithful out there that couldn't get down to uh, Alberton or watch it on the live stream. Um, obviously, Jason Horn francis how did he look? Uh, how did he move? What position did he play? Uh, and also, Junior Rioli, was he, uh, was he buzzing around the forward line like we all hope he will this year? Yeah, we'll start off with Jason. I mean, Jason 
well, he, he took the field looking like a footballer. He had the he had the black socks pulled up to his knees. He had the the, the black and white Adidas boots on. So he, he he looked ready to go. He looked very strong. He started in the midfield, played a bit of um, played a bit of forward sort of throughout the second half of the game. Look, had his moments. Um, probably wanted to find the football a little bit more. But in terms of when he got the ball in hand, you could just see the class that he had and uh, and, and and the time. So. Um, you know, you got to you got to understand, and Port Adelaide members and supporters that were there is, you know, Jason and Junior, for that matter, which we'll talk about in a second, a part of a new group, part of a new got new teammates around a new structure. So it will take time, but um, certainly once he, you know, when he had the ball in hand, he had time. The game seemed to sort of, you know, stand still around him. Junior Rioli obviously played forward again, similar. Um, had his moments, probably wanted to you know see a little bit more of the footy. But when he had the football, you could just see the poise. Um, you know, the game around him can tend to can tend to sort of stop, and he just gets to find space. And you know, he brought a lot of his teammates into the game last night with his foot skills. So um, yeah, reasonably positive start by both of those. No only improve, no only improve from this point moving forward. Yeah, you get that. At the beginning of every year, the kicking is garbage, but <laughs> it improves as they go. Even the, you watch the trial game next week when they play against West Coast and Frio. Kicking will still be questionable, but um, that's good. Junior Rioli's there starting to help out the forwards. How was the midfield makeup? Who was rolling through their noughts? Yeah, look, kind of rosy. So we were similar. I heard just uh, talking about the Crows' uh, internal trial. We had the probables versus the po- uh, possibles as well. So, sort of on the um, on the black jumper side, which were the um, the probables. Connor Rosie, um, you know, was really really effective, particularly in the first half. He kicked a couple of goals. He was through the midfield. Ollie Wines played a half. So, for those who are unaware, he had off-season um, knee surgery. So he's been sort of on a restricted training regime over the uh, over the last few weeks but he played a half so he started the midfield for the team wearing black um, and Horn Francis was on that team as well. Bryn Teekle started the ruck uh, for that team and then on the flip side a fairly sort of a, a younger midfield or equally as young uh, in terms of the possibles with Jackson Mead. Hugh Jackson had a really good half, number 39 he's fairly lightly built but he had a really good good first half and Scott Lysett was in the ruck um, on that team as well. So yeah, we, we rotated players through that midfield. Xavier Dersmo, Riley Bonner played on centre wing. Miles um, Bergman had a really good game on the wing. We thought that um, he was mm. one of the standouts. He was he was really clean, um, great, you know, with the ball in hand, and 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 he was one who actually kicked a, a beautiful goal as well in the third quarter. So Miles Bergman looked like he hit the ground running and, and was very impressive. Yeah, that's good to know about Miles Bergman. Uh, I spoke to Jared Walsh this morning, actually, and, and he was very impressed with him and, and looked like he might be able to fill that Carl Amon spot on the wing. Um, so that's obviously a great start for him. And the other one that um, Walshie was really impressed with was uh, Jake Bassini down back. Tell us about his game. Well, Jake Bassini is a really interesting case in point. He, he suffered a, an ACL in May last year when he was when he was pushing for selection. He was... You know, he had a real chance of uh, making his senior AFL debut last year. For those who aren't aware of his background, from Western Australia, was drafted as a or recruited as a rookie, and has been biding his time. And you know, this was his first. I mean, he's been um, taking place in match sim throughout the uh, preseason, but this was his first real hit out. You know, testing that knee, and he was really impressive. His closing speed in contest was great to see. He uh, he was committing in the air and on the ground. So. Um, 
Port Adelaide members and supporters should look forward to him playing a role, certainly in the trial games coming up ahead of round one. He was uh, really impressive and, and good to see him get through the game unscathed. I guess the other one too that was you know really um, positive for Port Adelaide people was Orazio Fantasia. Of course, we know he had mm. such a difficult year last year, barely played a game. He had one game last year where where he was on the um, was on the bench for the game, but uh, he showed his his speed. He showed his uh, he was really sharp yesterday around the forward line. So he'll play a big role for Port Adelaide if he can, you know, keep his body fit and strong. And, and certainly last night's game was a real positive. So, Nortz, if you had to pick one of the, of all the young ones that you've kind of gone through, who was the standout of the kids who could – I'm talking about the ones who could come up for a spot this year, who haven't necessarily been in the side all the time, someone like a Hugh Jackson – on the wing, who, who do you reckon was the pick of the bunch? Well, as I mentioned, Hugh played well, particularly in the first half. Got his hands on the footy. One to, one to keep an eye out for is uh, Dante Vicentini. So Dante is a, a big, strapping player. He wore number 38 last night, um, was, was drafted a couple of years ago. Um, he kicked two goals, two really or three really strong pack marks. Um, likely presence up forward, could be a ruck forward. Tom Scully, right. who we recruited with a uh, with a pick late last year uh, from West Adelaide, um, had a really good season with Westies last year. He showed some promising signs, and then, as mentioned previously, Jake Bassini as well. So, there's three or four names that uh, you know some Port Adelaide members and supporters may not have heard of before. I'd be keeping an eye out for those three: Vicentini, uh, Bassini. Scully and also Hugh Jackson, as you mentioned. Nice. It's such an exciting time of the year. All us footy nuffies are getting fired up for what's to come <laughs> and uh, especially the young ones. I love to see who's going to progress up up the ranks uh, as far as the kids are concerned. Norts, that was a comprehensive uh, piece of coverage right there. Thank you so much. And uh, you're officially a, a new friend of the show, mate. No, no, thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, uh, to speaking to both of you across the year. Got to say thanks to the to the Port supporters. We had a crowd there just under 3,000 last night, which was great. There's a fair bit of redevelopment happening at Albany, but to have 3,000 people there to support the boys and, um, you know, a lot of kids there getting autographs after the game. I mean, you think about the atmosphere and it's been three years since uh, since COVID struck that we've been able to hold this annual family day at Albany and this internal trial. It was just so good to see so many families at the club last night. And you know, footy's back, fellas. It's back. Thank you so much, Norts. Um, exciting times for both the Port and Crows. There's a bit of comprehensive coverage. Let us know if you caught the Port internal trial, 0427 154 what, uh, what were your thoughts? God, I'm on fire today, Bryce. We've got to get to a break because we're going to whip around the world of sport up next. You're on Saturdays in SA with Tom Lyon. Bryce Gibbs coming to you from Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy. Go anytime on the SENSA text line, 0427 154 this is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, I can feel it in the air. Fringe time, best time of the year. I'm certainly going to get out and amongst it tonight. Let us know if you're going to uh, see anyone special. I haven't looked at the guide yet, but I know Sam Simmons is coming down. He is an excellent uh, comedian, Bryce. He uh, enters the room with um, toys all over him, just stuck to his chest, stuck to his shoulders. Toys. Toys, yeah. Fun toys. 
Ah, adult toys. Adult toys, yeah. Gotcha, you gotcha. Would say, and uh, Sam Simmons, he, he is my favourite comedian. We've got a few texts just rolling through. Thank you for uh, getting in touch. This one here from Darren. Good morning, guys. Yesterday afternoon, I flicked between the cricket in India and the Crows' internal trial at Richmond. I couldn't believe how bad some of the skills were in both games. Frustrating to watch. Well, Darren, of course... Yes, the skills were quite poor, but it's the beginning of the year. It happens every single year, doesn't it, Bryce? The cobwebs have to be blown right out. Well, it does. And it's because it is hard to train at match intensity without playing at match intensity. So you can do all the the drills you want during pre-season. Obviously, you can kick the ball with no pressure on you. It all looks great. It all looks sexy. It all looks fluffy. But until you've got genuine heat and pressure on you, Mm. uh, it can be... It can take a couple of weeks to, to find that groove. So they certainly always are. And I think you said a little bit earlier in the show, even when they play the upcoming Perth sides in the next couple of weeks, that you'll still find the skill level a little bit off. Uh, and by round one, two, three, um, all of those sort of issues are ironed out. But, uh, yeah, it does take a few weeks to to get right. That's right. As Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, pressure changes a lot of things. Hey, let's have a look at what's going around the world of sport right now. This Saturday scoreboard. Might need to uh, swap my voice for yours there, Jace. Me going into me. I mean, my ego's strong, but not that strong. It's so, fringe time, Tommy. It's your time <laughs> of the Time, time to of the shine. Year. It's your time. Yeah. Um, look, NBL, uh, Taraj McCall has made a mercurial return from injury to lead the Taipans to a buzzer-to-buzzer 93-82 win against the Kings in a dramatic and spiteful semi-final. Cairns coach Adam Ford copped an early tech. Kings coach Jace Broford was tossed late and players came together on multiple occasions late in the contest as emotions spilt over. And to make matters worse for the Kings, they will be sweating on the fitness on NBL MVP Xavier Cooks, who left the court with an ankle injury halfway through the third quarter. McCall had 20 points, seven assists, four rebounds and three steals just one week after suffering a partially dislocated shoulder. Game three of the series will be held on Sunday in Sydney and is set to be a ripper, Bryce. This has been very spicy, this series, so far. And McCall wasn't supposed to play. No one expected him to play after that shoulder injury. So he's come back. Not only played, he's had a huge impact on the result too. So uh, I think they're calling it, was it the city versus the country or the hotshots versus the nobodies in this series? And... It's going to the decider. Both semifinals are going right. to the decider tomorrow, Super Sunday. So uh, if you're a big NBL fan, you should be very excited. It's going to be uh, a great day of uh, basketball. Of which I am, I'll, I'll be up front. I don't know a great deal about NBL, but I'm going to tune into this one because when it gets to the pointy end, I, I get excited and, and I want to see it. So, uh, Bryce, what's going in, on in the world of tennis? No, nah, this one's a little bit of a, a sad one, Tommy. Okay. And I'm talking about uh, Rafael Nadal. We, uh, are we starting to get to the end of this era, uh, which we've I been so. so lucky to be able to witness over the last decade or two. I'm talking Federer, I'm talking Nadal, I'm talking Novak Djokovic, Djokovic, who doesn't really seem to be slowing down in his older age. But uh, so Nadal, who for the f- first time when he broke into the top 10, he was yep. 18 years old. 
in terms of world rankings. Wow. When was right? that? About 2000 and... 2005. Yeah. April 25th to be exact, April? Tommy. Wow. Uh, just done some homework there. Uh, and despite, like, with his injury layoffs over the journey, we, yeah. we know he's, he's spent some time away from the court battling with those. But this is an amazing fact. He has never, ever dipped under, sorry, over that top 10 ranking. Jesus. For so for the time, whole time. For this whole time since he was 18, never been outside the top 10 in terms of rankings. That's rare. But he's currently sitting at world number six. Uh, and with his ranking points, he is in jeopardy of being out of the top 10 for the first time for the best wow. part of 20 years. End of an era. Do you reckon it is? I think so. I mean, yeah, they really... They rarely move back the other way, do they? Once once they tip over the edge, it's sort of nine times out of ten in whatever sport, they rarely sort of come back. But I, I don't think we will experience an era like this where so, so few players are at the top for so long. And I saw a fascinating video the other day when it was 2006 and Rafa and, um, oh, God, I've just had a mental blank, the Swiss guy. Fed. Federer. <laughs> <laughs> Rafa, Federer were top of the top of their game. No one could beat them. And they were interviewing several of the other top 10. And it's almost like they had conceded that they weren't going to be able to get over uh, Rafa or um, Federer. And then along comes a young 18, 19-year-old Novak Djokovic, confident as hell, says, I'm going to beat these guys. You watch me, I'm going to beat him. Lo and behold, that year he was the first of anyone to beat them that year. So um, shows the mindset is a big factor and Novak's got it. Yes, it certainly does. And, I mean, we all know Rafa's French Open record. Mm. He'll obviously target that again this year. And then, who knows, Tommy, post that, we uh, that might be it. Yeah. Hey, um, Dyson Heppel's decided to step down from the Essendon captaincy uh, only days after Brad Scott said the role was his if he wanted to keep it. Now, it looks like they're considering uh, merit for, for the role, but here is Dyson Heppel on why he gave up the captaincy. Oh, it's a very exciting day. Like it's, it's a, a new chapter of the footy club. I'm really excited for the next person who takes the reins and just really want to be there to help, help guide them in any way I can. But um, no, I think for me it was more so I reckon the boys are ready. There's guys in the waiting that can absolutely do this gig so um, I was more than comfortable to, to hand over the reins um, and, and important for me I still wanted to be here to help help guide the next captain through with whatever capacity that is um, yeah so that, that's sort of where I got to I, I feel like I gave it my best crack my leadership style probably isn't everyone's cup of tea and I, I had to recognize that myself that you know the way I lead that it's not going to suit everyone but I think that was the best part, having a number of guys with various styles to be able to lean on and um, help guide, I guess, the club and the, the playing group through certain periods. Yeah, Dyson Heppel there on giving up the captaincy and some beautiful meandering guitar in the background there. I think that was Brad Scott just playing guitar as uh, <laughs> Heppel uh, was just explaining himself there. Looks like Merritt's going to get the nod ahead um, as the next captain of Essendon. Yeah, you would think so. So I'm not sure how they will go about this, whether it's a, a player's vote or the uh, the coaching group will uh, will pick um, the next captain. But uh, watch this space there. Uh, and, Tommy, just to finish off with a bit yeah. of All-Star 
yeah. weekend in the NBA. Yeah. NBA. So obviously uh, teams take a bit of a break for the All-Star weekend. Uh, there's the rookie game where um, our 36er, Josh Giddy will be playing in. Uh, the skills challenge, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, always a bit of fun to see the the guys show off their skill there. And then obviously uh, into the All-Star game, uh, Team LeBron versus Team Giannis, oh. which a bit of uh, injury cloud over Giannis. He, he okay. hurt his hand yesterday in um, in the Bucks game. So um, whether he'll be fit enough to suit up or not, we will see. But, uh, you know, these games are bit of fun. They, yeah. they take the bit of Harlem Globetrotters sort of stuff. And uh, just have a bit of fun with it until the last quarter when there's a bit bit on if the line. it's close they they want to win. But um yeah, yeah it should be a, a bit of fun in the NBA over the weekend. Okay. Fascinating stuff. Uh 0427 double six. Keep the text rolling through. We'll try to get to all of them. Up next we're going to be touching on the cricket and we'll hear from the King Jared Waitley uh in his chat with Peter Hanscom as well. You're on Saturday's in SA with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs. Text the show anytime on the SENSA text line 0427 154 166. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes. Good morning to you all. Beautiful weather up ahead for the day. 27 degrees. Perfect fringe weather to get out and see. Uh, plenty of entertainment uh, activations in the city. Garden of Unearthly Delights is just phenomenal. Hey, we've got to get to the news. So, uh, But after that, we're going to cover all things cricket in India. And apologies if you've uh, been trying to ring. We're just getting our phones fixed right now and uh, we can ring out. So uh, keep trying to call. Um, sorry, we can't ring out, but you can ring in. So keep ringing in if you can. Uh, right now, let's get to the news. Text the show anytime on the SENSA text line 0427 154 166. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. It's good morning to you here on Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs on uh, Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon rather. God, we're on fire. Heading for a top of 28 degrees in Adelaide today. Gorgeous weather if you're heading down to the fringe. Uh, we're talking a lot of great topics this morning uh, <laughs> with the Crows and Port having trial games last night. So if you're yeah. headed down to uh, Richmond Oval or Albert Oval last night, text through 0427 uh, and let us know your thoughts, who impressed, um, what you liked about the, the teams at this point of the year and what you're looking forward to. Uh, but, Tommy, the second test is obviously is underway in Delhi at the moment. Mm. The Aussies' first innings uh, score of 263 all out. Uh, the, the Indians are gone in. They are none for 21 as it sits. Uh, and Jared Waitley uh, was with Brat Sundarason last night, summed up the day's play. It was captivating cricket on day one in Delhi. The first two hours, that opening session, Barat. I have a hunch it's the best opening session to a test match I've seen live. No, nothing else springs to mind. Enthralling. There is something about cricket that's almost otherworldly here. There was so much going on. Balls, a bumper barrage, which, hey, that wasn't in the forecast. That was not at all in the forecast. And look, this kind of cricket, Jared, almost uh, emphasizes what test cricket is all about. It's about survival, and it is about survival. And you can survive in different ways. You can survive by defending, you can survive by attacking. We saw Warner preferred to just defend as much as he could and then try to get going and got out. Usman Khawaja was positive from the start, and it worked out. And uh, eventually, Australia would have hoped that 
the two guys who did get the big 50s went on and survived for a lot longer and got big scores because at the moment 263 i don't know just doesn't look big enough but yeah going back to the start of the day it was just thriller minute yeah. right like you've come from the us and if you want if you wanted a script for what test cricket is like in india i think you just got it in the morning so i think we were having the same discussions as the dressing room was having 250 to get a foothold in the game now the worth of that will be tomorrow if there is a flex point in the day it's it's kawaja's dismissal reverse sweep it was so productive for him i reckon that's the one that he hit best and kl rahul hauled in a spectacular one hander oh he was he was in thin air when he got onto it and you could see how disappointed kawaja was uh, because he was in control and that kawaja hanscom partnership jared was i wouldn't say taking the game away from india but finally giving australia some sort of a foothold and at that point for him to get out playing the shot he had played an attacking shot it kind of just pull the put the break on on the australian innings and then thrice today we saw wickets fall in quick succession smith and manus uh, and in the middle overs as well in the middle session as well and then towards the end pat cummins and todd murphy and i think that really did rattle australia um, or i think they could well have pushed 300 and got a few more runs after that uh, but it's just class bowling and we will talk about the pitch i'm sure it wasn't a pitch like nagpur it was doing a lot from early on it was just brilliant bowling i mean that ashwin spell to manus and steve smith i mean that's a piece of art i mean that should be kept in a museum a spin museum somewhere and we can see that clip over and over again and learn something new about how ashwin set them up the parian thrust of the day was splendid matthew kumanman his his start was excellent so he's in the game and from an australian perspective they had rohit sharma given out in the last over of the day but there was no inside edge so that that would have been really something to cling to so day 2 sen test cricket we'll have it all here from delhi as australia will be in search of wickets and another captivating session to start the day we'll see we'll share it all with you then yes that's going to be must listen today uh, jared waitley right there with barat center racin Uh one guy who did step up along with Uzi Khawaja was Peter Hanscom who made 72 runs off around 140 balls 142 142 thank you Bryce the statistician in house <laughs> always here he's uh it's a photographic memory that you've got isn't it Yeah no just, notes no google nothing just you just, uh, just roll it, it off the top of my head God puts his hand on your brain and uh, you just channel it you see all the stats understanding that's why we've got him here essentially and Jared sat down uh, with Peter Hanscom after day 1 to go over the day's proceedings Peter Hanscom great to have you with us on SEN Test Cricket well batted ah oh, thank you very much how'd you find it out there oh it was good it was good um no it's it's really fun playing cricket over here it's just so different uh especially to to what we get back home so Um you know the crowds insane the the cheer and everything Coley's revving them up and it's it's just such a wonderful atmosphere and to be out in the middle um you know with my my wife and son here as well it's it's a really uh it's just a really nice special moment had uh, go back to the start of the day 2 hours was gripping at the start how did you find watching it as there was so much happening in that opening session uh well, yeah for the for the first Uh, part of that, I was just trying to sit down and chill out and go to sleep or something, and then I'd, I'd wake up if there was a wicket because it's loud enough here. So um, no, just trying to calm myself down uh, because yeah, if you if you're sitting down watching every ball, you can you can get a bit crazy by the time you've already by the time you bat. So I uh, just try to relax. It's one thing to have plans; it's another to execute them. How how close to the way that you wanted to bat did you bat today? Uh, pretty close, yeah. pretty close. Uh, I've, I've been doing a lot of work on 
all my plans, writing a lot of stuff down, thinking about it, watching watching how the Indian cricket team go about their batting. You know, they're the they're arguably well, they are the best in these conditions, um, and they're very very good at it. So. Just watching them last week, learning from them and, and trying to implement that. Um, you know, we were really lucky after last week we were able to put some really good training sessions together um, where we had a lot of service and a lot of net bowlers. So we could we could practice our plans uh, and then just try and double down on them. You know, we got to, we got to believe in our process. In the batting group, was there uh, much alteration or just sort of going deeper on your plans from the, what you learnt from the first test? Uh, not a lot of change. Oh, sorry, foot's cramping. Um, not a lot of change from plans, doubling down more on it, because I think if you if you change after one game, then the initial plan probably wasn't the right one. So we're, we're sticking to it. We know, we know what we can do, and we've done a lot of work in Sydney. We've done a lot of work as soon as we come over here with a camp in Bangalore. So to throw all that work out the window after one test, I think would be a silly move. So we're doubling down. We, we know what what we're doing we're just trying to stay nice and clear out there and, and back them in from your perspective how much has gone into this to coming back to test cricket and to to thriving in indian conditions um a lot of work it's it's always a lot of work trying to get yourself back into the side uh you know both technically i did a lot of work with uh, chris rogers um and then uh, off the field, did a lot of work with sports likes and, and clinical likes just to make sure that you know that part of the game is is uh, flowing as well. So, and then once once that all's ticking along, you just try and back your your plans in and hope hope they're the right ones and see how you go. Hey, the country loves it when you bat in the bag of green, but I think even more so when you put the broad brim hat on. Yeah, Paddy was happy with that. He said I looked awesome out there. I was like, that's probably the best looking I can get with a floppy hat on. Um, I'm no good otherwise. So. No, that was nice. It's, it's, it is nice batting with a hat on as well. I like I like taking the helmet off. You just feel a little bit more uh, unrestricted. So it's a nice feeling. What do we think the worth of 263 is at Stumps on day one, knowing that it will alter as we find our way? What's your gut feeling? Uh, well, the conversations we were having around uh, lunch and tea were, was about 250 past score. Um, so we were hoping to, to try and get there. And then, you know, anything after that was, was going to be a bonus for us. But... I mean, you can't you can't judge a wicket completely um, until both sides are batted on it. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens tomorrow. But I think there's you know there's been some good signs tonight already with with our bowls and the ball um, that there's a couple of tricks there. So you know, hopefully a bit of luck uh, and a couple of good balls and, and we can get ten wickets tomorrow. When did you know that Matthew Kuhneman was going to make his debut? Uh, I mean, I, I found out at the team meeting last night. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he found out a little bit earlier yeah. than that. Uh, but it was so so good, so good to, to see him come in. He's obviously been doing a lot of work, a lot of good work as well for, for Queensland. Um, and yeah, I think already tonight we're we're showing that, um, well he's showing that he's he's well and truly up for the test. Good strong Victorian representation in the Australian team and squad at the moment. That that would put a smile on your face. Uh, it's always nice. Helps him one of the selectors is Victorian as well. <laughs> Thanks, Dodders. Um, but no, it's good. It's good. It's, it shows that we're doing a lot of good work out of Victoria as well. Um, you know, we we want to win shields, we want to win one-day competitions down in Victoria, but we also want to produce Australian players. So the fact that there's three of us here now is, is awesome. The fact that uh, Marcus Harris has, has been the backup batter throughout the entire summer, um, and I'm sure we'll come back in for, for the Ashes. So there's really, really good signs. And, and you know, like Will Sutherland taking the reins and, and going from strength to strength is awesome. So I think the... The, the strength of Victorian cricket is, is exciting at the moment and, you know, hopefully the next few years could be pretty good. Pete, well done today. Thanks a lot for your time. 
Beauty, thank you. Well, what absolute extensive insight to day one uh, in yeah. the Delhi test over there at the moment with uh, Jared Waitley. Uh, and the game day two will be listened. You can listen to every ball live on the SEN app, uh, download and listen in crystal clear. Uh, Tommy, coming up next, mm. we're going to talk about some things we've learned this week. Yeah, yeah. So it's a new thing we're doing. What we've learned this week, and uh, some of them are a bit obscure. I learned something because there's been a, a fair few shark attacks over the last couple of years, more than your average. The warmer waters, sharks are coming down. And particularly, uh, you see the helicopters racing by down in the western suburbs here. Uh, uh, unlucky girl in Western Australia um, was taken by a shark in the Margaret River. But I spoke to an expert during the week who told me some things about sharks that uh, how you can avoid an attack even while they're attacking you that I never knew. So we're going to cover that and a whole lot of other stuff. We're going to get to your texts as well. A few very interesting texts coming through, Bryce. Text the show anytime on the SENSA text line 0427 154 166. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, good morning. We've been having a good old time this morning. It's a top of 27 degrees. Thank you for listening. Uh, beautiful day ahead for Adelaide. If you're heading along to the Fringe or if you're listening to the cricket on uh, Crystal Clear on the app with uh, Jared Waitley and uh, Bratson Racing's coverage. But, Bryce, we're going to do something a little bit new here um, because each week we learn new things and uh, I've learned a couple of bizarre things this week. So we invite uh, our good friend, producer Jace, into the studio to uh, help us along with that. But also, thank you for getting in touch on the text line, Bryce. We've got a few texts coming through. We certainly do. Uh, this one's from Brad. I watched the Crows trial game yesterday. I know we're just starting the year, but to me, Matt Crouch, Crouch looked much more the same. Crabbed sideways stuff. If they go with Crouch ahead of someone like a Berry in round one, there will be major questions for Matthew Nix. So Brad's obviously got a pretty strong opinion on what the Adelaide Crows midfield might look like this year. Uh, uh, Mario from Maslin's Beach, one of our favourites. Dyson Heppel was the worst captain since the captain of the Titanic. Wow. Uh, Essendon has uh, resembled Mario the Titanic at whack. times. Uh, and this one, no name. At the moment, I would rather have Ross Gibbs opening the batting for Australia mm. ahead of David Warner. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, so, it probably, uh, you know... In all honesty, he probably would make more runs at this stage. The old man, he, uh, he fancies himself as a cricketer. Did he play? He much? did. Oh, he played a, a lot of cricket as a, as a kid. Um, played a lot of indoor cricket as yeah. well. And uh, I'm sporting a, uh, a scar on yes. the side of my face. We had a father and son team, indoor cricket team, yeah. which uh, resulted in an all-in brawl, which uh, yeah. found myself copying this scar from a, from a punch. So uh, that's maybe a, a story for another <laughs> uh, day. What but, suburb was that again? Uh, yeah, it was in the city, actually. Oh, okay. City. So, uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, I'll save that for another day. But, uh, yeah. There that, you go. That was an interesting one. Um, now, during the week, I, because I'm fascinated by sharks and the sea, Bryce and Jason, uh, we've had an uptake in shark appearances. So over the last couple of years, the waters in Australia have become warmer. We've had a lot more sharks visiting Adelaide, a lot more visiting Western Australia and more attacks as well. So unfortunately, a young lady um, was taken by a bull shark last week in Western Australia. So during the week... Uh, in the Swan River, wasn't it? Yeah. That's so scary. They, they can go through salt water. That's scary. 
clear water, whatever you like, they can, the bull sharks will go everywhere. But, um, and they always tell you, you know, the conventional things to do. If you're attacked by a shark, what's the first thing they tell you? to do poke it in the eye <laughs> if you can punch it in the face but yeah. of course underwater i mean how how fast are you going to be with your fists underwater it's no you're not going to be that effective i spoke to an expert during the week and she said the best way to handle a shark who's to begin with looking at you is you have to look at it okay okay so you have to look at it in the eyes and uh, they will feel that pressure coming from you because once they know they've been seen, you, they're less, less likely to attack you. So, okay, there's that. But the next one intrigued me. Once the shark, if, if you're in a situation and the shark is attacking you, you, if you have the presence of mind, you need to hug the shark because that pressure around, they don't like, the, if they feel pressure, they feel like they might be vulnerable. I mean... How easy is that going to be once you, your torso's getting shredded up, you're looking at a great white, come here, give bring, it it in. A, bring it in, give it a cuddle. So that's, that's my shark advice. But it did get me thinking, we've all had some encounters with uh, various creatures in the sea, producer Jace. How do you go in Lincoln? Have you had any jellyfish or shark uh, encounters? <laughs> Good morning, by the way. Yeah. First of all, I need to backtrack. Yeah. Um, all in brawl in indoor cricket. That is impressive. We're going to revisit that down the track. But uh, I'll try and stick to topic uh, it's a good for now. One. Um, beautiful place to grow up. Port Lincoln, surrounded by water. North, south, well, not to the north, but southwest and east. Mm. Um, there is probably water to the north, but uh, it's certainly not the ocean uh, up there at the top of the air <laughs> peninsula. But look, um, down around the National Park uh, and the waters out there, uh, Great Whites are famous. Uh, a bit further south, Dangerous Reef, that's where they go out and watch the great whites in the cages. And we've all seen footage from movies like Jaws and the like mm. that was taken down in that area. But, um, look, uh, I had a scary moment as a 14-year-old out at a place called Fisheries Bay. I used to do a bit of... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I was never a surfer, per se, stand-up, but I did yeah. have the... Uh, you know, what are the boogie boards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had one of them as a youngster. Me and too. Used to go out there with a few mates who were surfers. Um, mm. And I remember uh, there was a nasty little shadow that was just sort of creeping up to the left of me and then went underneath of me. And I managed to catch a wave all the way into shore. And I'm pretty sure I was still paddling when I hit the sand. Uh, mm. I haven't, haven't done that since in that area. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thankfully nothing Nasty came of that. It was probably just a score of salmon, to be honest. But I, I never hung around long enough to find out. You know, in, um, in Stradbroke Island in Queensland, I watched from the rocks and the surfers just surf with sharks. They know they're there. There's sharks hanging around behind the reef and the surfers just keep carving it up. The no scariest problems. footage that I've ever seen was, um, and thankfully we haven't seen, I'm sure there's footage getting around on the dark web and stuff like that of people being taken because that's the world we live in now with yeah. cameras and whatnot. But Heavy. the scariest footage I've ever seen of a, of a shark attack in progress was Mick Fanning. Um, yeah. That was insane. If you haven't seen that, uh, and he escaped almost unscathed. Uh, he yeah. belted the shark a few times in the gills and away he went. So, yeah, it can be pretty confronting, but I've, I had more problems with jellyfish yeah. uh, in Port Lincoln, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. We had a shark net on the main jetty mm. down there and there was holes all through it, which fills you full of confidence immediately. But as a 16-year-old kid, you don't really think about that. Um, I had more trouble with the blue belly. Uh, blue uh, bottle. Blue bottle. Sorry, yeah. blue belly, blue bottle. Jellyfish than I did with the great white shark as yeah. a kid. And they hurt. 
You're Do supposed they? to wee on them. What? You, what? You just hold it in your hand and piss on it? Uh, apparently. <laughs> uh, or, or get someone else to do it. Depends oh, on, on where it bite. is on your body. If you get stung. Depends if you get stung, talking. that is. What yeah. you're into as well. Um, Bryce. <laughs> We're not talking about if you uh, encounter a jellyfish in the wild. You, you, just gotta, no, 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 you don't wee on the jellyfish. Once you get stung. It's only if you get stung. It wraps its tentacles around you. Oh, okay. Bryce, you encountered a few jellyfish in your time? We did. Cover the important stuff here. A story about, well, we used to do pre-season down at uh, Port Melbourne, mm. down at Elwood there. There used to be a couple of, like, you know, poles out in the ocean. And a part of that, would we have, have to swim out, swim across. It'd be probably a, I don't know, two, three hundred metre swim, if like a circuit. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. This day we all swam out there. There's, you, know, you, you can imagine 40 AFL boys strutting down into the water, swimming out, then halfway Along the swim, we had swum into a, like, a, what do you call it? Like, is it a pot of jellyfish or yeah. is it a whatever you want to call a gather- it? I've got to check that out because I don't know well, either. there you yeah. go. I, apologies for not knowing. But uh, <laughs> it was a school of legit yeah. hundreds of jellyfish. I'm not talking little blue bottles. I'm talking... Big ones. Big mothers. Yeah, right? the, big, uh, the big dinner plate size the, the, things. Yeah. Big boys. Like brains yeah. just and floating through the ocean. We all swam head. And, I, and then you can imagine, it would have been the funniest thing watching from the beach. Forty blokes just out in the middle <laughs> of this swim stop and panic, <laughs> screaming. Screams. Everyone, it was chaos. Like so, we've swum into this pot of jellyfish essentially, and um, I've yeah, seen that. Uh, quite funny. I've seen that scene in Finding Nemo. It was actually sure. yeah. it was scary. It was like because you don't know Jeez. what to do. You're trying to not because you're touching them and blokes are thrashing around. And they hurt. Like it was uh, it was chaos, but. Um, the people that uh, know what I'm talking about, swimming along the the, the water there at Elwood and, and Port yeah. Melbourne and uh, in the bay in uh, in Melbourne, they uh, the They're jellyfish dangerous. are everywhere. Particularly the box jellyfish. I, I you just reminded me there when I was a youngster, about nine or ten years old, Grange Beach, so just around the corner, uh, occasionally get those bigger jellyfish. And I dived underwater. No joke, when I came back up, there was a giant jellyfish attached to my face, just pulsing and stinging the crap out of my face. I got rushed out of the water and we had to go back to the local surf club and they were pouring all sorts on. So they poured a cup of wee on my face. That's always a good start. Yeah. Yeah. And a cup of, uh, and some vinegar. And I'm not sure if it helped, but man, that hurt. Um, Jace, now... In this break, we were going to do something special, no, we'll but leave that. we're we'll going to that. do that next. Yeah, we'll keep that up our sleeve. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just leave you with something else, too, that's yeah. a, a danger there in Portland. Like not only got the world's deadliest fish over there in the Great White Shark, mm. world's deadliest octopus is home to those waters as well. I'll tell you about that later on. Okay, cool. Well, uh, the hot tip, if you are encountering a Great White, you need to look it in the eyes and give it a hug, and that is how you survive a shark attack. Up next, we uh, have something very exciting to share with you. Port Adelaide's official pre-season song, and producer Jace has something a little bit special as well. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good morning to you. You are listening to Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. We are here at SEN SA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy uh, top of 28 today, so a nice mm. sunny day for you all, which is fantastic. If you're heading along to the Fringe, mm. great time of the year, Tommy. Uh, a couple more oh, yes. off the text line. 
Uh, we with the Crows and Port playing yeah. internal trials last night. This one's from Leanne. McAdam was good, uh, but Lockie Gollant will be better in the long term. They need to play him over McAdam. Uh, That's an interesting point she makes, isn't it? I think he kicked a couple of goals. Lockie Gollant could, in I, the possibles yeah. versus probable side. So how, how old is McAdam? He's 28. Yeah, he was a bit more of a mature age when they yeah. picked him up a couple of years ago. And Gollant is in his early 20s. I think what she's talking about there is the risk of if, if we Gollant doesn't get games, he would be a flight risk, I reckon. Both, uh, well, yeah, obviously they're battling for the same spot. So yeah. uh, both played pretty well, I think, yeah. yesterday. Did what they had to do in that position. So uh, that'll be... It'll be intriguing to see how that plays out. And uh, yeah. someone off the text with no name, the people of Port Lincoln are faced with a major dilemma this week, <laughs> staying on land and being risked by consumed by the fire or jump in the water and risk getting eaten by like, sharks. Obviously, yeah. the fires over there at the moment, um, we, <clears throat> we don't good. like to see that. But uh, obviously, Jace's uh, family and that's over there. He's filled us all in and uh, I think, all okay with a bit of wind mm. changing at a pretty important time uh, when the, the fires were hitting. So um, yeah, that right. was lucky for uh, everyone and our thoughts are with people yeah. in Port Lincoln as well. But Absolutely. we're going to move on and mm. our favourite or my favourite time oh. of the week with uh, you're back with a song, Tommy. Yes. Look, we uh, promised one for each. So we uh, we had the Crows pre-season song. And for Port Adelaide, well, the themes are obvious because it's Kenny's last – well, no, might not well, be. Calling it. I'm it. calling you're it. You're calling it. He's I out. mean, how high is the bar, though? Like if he does – it's basically grand final – or, but that's how I see it is because he's sort of at that 10 year point. Now, I'm not saying though that Port can't make the grand final because they are a, a nice, balanced, good mix for a side. So they could very well do it. But the, the other thing was I was looking around and um, Willie Rioli, you remember when he came over during the trade period and uh, gave us that captivating interview? On Channel 9. Yes, I remember So there was a bit of that. So, look, this is uh, set the scene for Port Adelaide this year in the preseason. Charlie Dixon is burly, not like Georgiades. We went and got Rioli. Yeah, I'm not into the politics. So they could have some help. Politics side of footy, man. And what about Ollie? The winner is Ollie Wine. Could he win another Charlie? Brownlow medal. Lockie Jones is 20, but he looks just like my dad. <laughs> Are they right into the cup? And is this list enough to bring silverware to the port? Oh, man. To the port. <laughs> oh, man. We'll see how we go, you know. Hey? <laughs> Jason Horn Francis will certainly enhance us with Connor Rosie there. Rolling through the mids. Warren Treadray wrote a letter. <laughs> he said, I want to be there. But then he was denied. By Koshy like this I can do nothing about it Will Kenny get a deal I found it particularly hard In his final year um. Or is his time up At the port Oh man At the port <laughs> We'll see how we go, you know, hey? Oh, the Junior Rioli 
Thank you, sir. Yes. Yes, Tommy. <clears throat> Junior Rioli seemed real philosophical, uh, like he'd been um, kicking back, you know. So was, like so It reminded me of a few of my friends in high school just uh, <laughs> kicking back with a real relaxed a real outlook on the world, I reckon. Riveting interview, that one. And do you know what? There's only one knock I've got on this this song. This yeah, week. okay. You, you failed to... Insert. Insert a little crow in there somewhere. Uh, sorry, I <laughs> our, know I should have. A little crow that we uh, we love hearing in each and every song. Yeah, despite it being Port Adelaide, I, I should have somehow. That would made... have just uh, <clears throat> really topped it off. But Capped it off, it yeah. Was, uh, it was never ceased to fail, Tommy. It's uh, another great performance there. Thank you. We got a text here from uh, who knows? Is this, is this the first ever radio show to feature a lion and a tiger? I don't get. Do you understand that? Are you a tiger, Bryce? Um, <laughs> no, I used to play for the Tigers. Glenelg oh, Tigers, there you go. Maybe. Okay, there maybe. we go. I I'm not sure. Uh, that, surely that's the uh, the meaning behind that. Boston Tiger. Oh, oh there we okay. go. We've got a Boston Tiger uh, in producer Jace. Yep. Yep. Um, Bryce, up next, I want to ask you for your thoughts on a few key questions. Uh, things that uh, we're, we're looking forward to this year. I want to get the, your intel on it all, particularly uh, something about Carlton. I've, I want to get your thoughts on Carlton's backline. Sure. Is that okay? Yeah, you can. <laughs> okay, that's up next on Saturdays in SA with Tom Lyon. Bryce Gibbs with you, top of 28 today. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, good to be with you. Thank you for all your texts and uh, interaction. We've had a great time today. This one here, uh, I don't know what I'm about to read, but it says, Hi, Bryce. Not on topic of your food discussion with a bit of Gibbs news, but we are celebrating your mum at our work this week when she will get recognised for over 35 years of service with her great mate, Wanda, achieving the same milestone. Worth a shout-out. There yeah, you go. Yeah, this is Gibbs. It certainly is. Uh, Julie Gibbs and uh, Vanda Kitchen, um, 35 years of service at uh, Credit Union SA. So, uh, yeah, right. they're going to have a bit of a morning tea, I think, for the girls. Morning champers. Um, in there this week. So, uh, yeah, well, and under Jules, it, uh, it's a lot of service, a lot of years service. That is. Uh, surely she's um, accrued some form of leave, like long service leave that she can utilise and uh, uh, that's a good question. chill with yeah, the family. I can't remember her taking too many... Uh, sick days off over the journey, so I'm sure she yeah. has a little bit of time saved up there. But uh, if she hits the eject button, she can monetize that. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she times it well. She can go on a nicely timed holiday. But uh, yeah, well done, Jules. Thirty five years, very uh, loyal. While we're on shout outs now, Bryce, I'm not sure if I've told you about my best mate Dale before, but he um, he's a very close friend. <laughs> he sure has is. just had a son, lovely Lauren and Dale. Well done, River Jacks. Uh, their hearts are full and the little man has come through. So, well done there, Dale. Yes, Dale. You're always doing the job there, Dale. Now, <laughs> the cricket, what do you think going to happen with the cricket today? Yep, big, big innings for our bowlers, isn't it? Yeah. We've obviously gone in with the extra spinner. We know the, the wicket's going to continue to deteriorate. I think... Like we made 260, we need to keep them under 300. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So it, it's time for our bowlers to to save us again in this one. I think we we didn't quite make enough as we probably needed to in in the first inning. So we need to keep this innings relatively close because we saw in the first test it was 
India's mm. first test batting that they really put us to the sword and, yeah. and took the game away from us. So uh, hopefully our bowlers can get the job done today and take a few wickets early and really set the scene. I'd love to see a couple couple of wickets out of Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon, the senior guys, need to, you know, Nathan Lyon's not really a strike bowler, but I, I'd love to see him step up and get a couple. What's on for your day today, Bryce? Uh, nah, not a whole lot today, Tommy. Be floating around, but uh, I know you're going to be pretty busy Oh, yeah, I've got a Bucks thing for an old friend, and I saw them posting photos in our group chat, and they've already begun, and they've put him in a spit hood and handcuffed him already. So it's not one of those nice, lovey-dovey uh, ones. It looks like we got a bit of anarchy on the way today. He's in trouble. He's in a he lot of trouble. Like he's in trouble. I feel like I'm in trouble just for being a part of it. But um, <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, enjoy yourselves today. Top of 28 degrees. Uh, thank you for all your interaction and texts. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs. We'll catch you next week.